0: Right. Well, let's, uh, let's turn in our Bibles now to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, this morning we're going to read uh, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Well, keep your Bible open and let's pray now and ask God for his help. Oh, Lord God, we do thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to gather together this morning and to consider your word lord i do pray that you'd please help me to teach your word helpfully and accurately and in the power of the holy spirit and lord please would everybody here feel your presence and know that you are speaking to him or her. May each one be blessed. Lord, any who came into this room without knowing Christ, we pray that they might leave this room knowing Christ with their eyes opened. And we pray, Lord, that any or those who already know Christ will be strengthened and encouraged in their faith, and led to serve you wholeheartedly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in this series that we have been doing these last few weeks uh, from uh, Genesis chapter 1, we've been seeing how this chapter, uh It contains God's answer to paganism. At least I've been suggesting to you that's what it does. It gives God's answer to paganism. Now, I used that word paganism a few weeks ago, but I didn't actually define it. So I thought I should actually define what we mean uh, by that word. And I thought, to be fair to pagans, I would go to the website of the pagan Federation and see what the pagan, how the pagan federation defines paganism, because it has been used by Christians as a sort of insulting term to, to those who, who don't follow Christian, the Christian religion. But in fact, this is, this is the, the pagan federation, what itself says about, about, it, about, about this religious view. And it defines paganism as a polytheistic or pantheistic nature worshipping religion. Let me just explain those terms to you. Uh, Polytheistic, that's the idea that there are lots of different gods. So you'll find that pagans will will often worship the god of the sun, the god of the moon, make gods of nature, uh, of trees, and and so on and so forth. Uh, Or, it says pantheistic. Now, pantheistic, the idea of that is that everything that we would call natural, the natural world is divine. That there is God in everything. That the earth is divine. The trees are divine. The flies are divine. Mosquitoes are divine. Everything is divine. And therefore nothing should be touched or damaged because it's all all divine. God is everywhere. God is in everything. And then it says nature worshipping religion. So uh, Pagans, uh, these, these modern pagans, openly say that they worship nature. Now, we saw, we, we referred a few weeks ago to Romans chapter 1, where Paul says that idolatry, when people don't worship God, they worship idols, and he defines that as they worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. Well, here is the pagan federation saying that that's exactly what they do they worship nature now I've suggested to you that this that what we are seeing in our current society there's obviously paganism has always been there it's always been in the background and what you find is there's sort of been a tug of war going on between paganism and Christianity of course when Christianity first burst upon this world uh, at a time of the Roman Empire paganism was the thing which was in charge that was the dominant religion and then Christianity spread and paganism sort of receded but what we've found in the last 150 years or so is as 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 um, as, as atheism has been proclaimed and agnosticism has proclaimed, into that vacuum, paganism has come in again. Now it's funny because some of the new atheists don't like it. (laughs) You know some of them they decry the fact that people are behaving in a very sort of non-scientific way and, and 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 they're saying all sorts of Things that are not true, like that 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 men can identify as women. And they say that that's terrible that, that people are saying this. But what they what they don't realize is that, that what's happening is the very fruit of their own atheism. You can't have your cake and eat it. If you want if you want to have a scientific and rational view of the world, don't attack God. Because once you once you get God out of the picture, all sorts of irrationality and Weirdness floods in to, to that vacuum. And that's what we're saying in, 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 in the West at the moment. And so I've suggested this is why we need to look at this chapter. Not just this chapter, but, but the whole of the Bible. Because, because this chapter, chapter 1 of Genesis, gives us a bulwark against paganism. It gives us the right view of God... And the right view of the natural world. It helps us to see that far from God and the natural world being entangled and mixed up together, God and the natural world are entirely distinct. God is the eternal God who is totally independent of the creation, of the natural world. He existed from all of eternity without any natural world existing at all doesn't need the natural world. It's totally separate from it. And then at the right time, he decided to bring the natural world into being. And he commanded, as we saw last week, he commanded and it came into being. And there will be a time when this world will be wrapped up. This world, as we know it, will be wrapped up. It will have served its purpose and there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And it's very, very important that we have this this biblical perspective of, of our world. And it affects many, many things, as we will, God willing, we'll see in future weeks. Now, what I want to do this morning, though, is to um, focus on this, this verse 3 in particular. And God said, Let there be light. And I want us to think about the great blessing that the that, that light is to, to our world. Where would we be without light? We'd be absolutely, well, we wouldn't exist at all, would we? What a blessing it is that God created light. But I want also for us to think about how the fact that God made natural light is an illustration of how God has also brought moral and spiritual light to this world this world is in naturally in moral and spiritual darkness and would have not a clue about God not a clue about about um, uh, uh, about how to live and not a clue about about salvation but God has given revelation and light to this, this dark world. First of all, by speaking to his people, his ancient people, Israel, and then by speaking through his son, the light of the world. And then I'd like to speak about how not only has God brought light to the world, but God has brought light to us. Who believe individually that just as God said to the world let there be light so God has spoken in each one of our hearts which one of us who's a believer and he has caused his light to shine in our hearts and I'd also like to refer to the fact that ultimately in the new heavens and the new earth we will enjoy the light of God, So it's like a survey of, of, of God bringing light in, in the Bible. So the first thing now I want us to think about is, is uh, the natural light that God has brought to this world. Uh, let's, let's just read verses 1 to 3 again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, you see here that before God said, let there be light, there was darkness over the than the, the natural world. God had already, by the time he said, let there be light, he had already brought into being something of the earth. It doesn't. We don't know exactly quite what that means in verse 2. It says, the earth was without form and void. But there was something of the earth there already. And it talks about the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. So there was water as, as well. Now, we, it, it's not entirely clear when the, that, that, that formless earth and the waters were created. There are different views out there. Some people uh, would suggest that, that um, verse 1 uh, is a description of that initial creation. Um, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's talking about that initial creation of the formless and dark earth and, and water. Uh, uh, others would suggest that that verse one is a is a summary of the whole chapter. Um, so there are uh, 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 others would suggest that that uh, the earth, the formless earth, uh, and the waters were created on day one as part of. The first day of creation. Um, and, uh, it, it's difficult to know exactly uh, which of those to, those options to choose. I think I would probably incline to the view that that um, verse one describes an initial creation, uh, which then, in the creation week, God then uh, organised and 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 brought life to and, and substance to. But that that the, say the one can perhaps debate about that but the point is this until God said let there be light there was no light whatever there was whatever existed that earth that formless earth and that those waters they were there just in darkness there was no life all was in darkness all was dead but then god said let there be light and light came into being now again we don't know quite how that what, what the form of that light was on that on day 1 because it was only later in the week in the creation week that we have uh, the creation of the of the uh, greater light And uh, the lesser light, that's on the fourth day, as you look down to verse 16. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. That would seem to be talking about the creation of the sun and the moon. Uh, So we don't know quite what the form this light was that that God made on day one. Uh, We're not told. But the great thing is that now there was light. And because there was light, everything else was possible. Just imagine if God had, had just left this world, just as this formless, void earth, and, and the water's there, and that was it. Just this dark mass. Well, there would be nothing at all. Would there? None of us would exist. Everything would be would be completely non-existent. But because uh, God created that light, then uh, the things which follow, uh, and the and the um, the creation of the vegetation, uh, verse eleven, and and. It became possible, and then also verse twenty, the the living creatures. Uh, these things became possible because God had created light. Without the light, the vegetation could not possibly exist. Without the warmth of the sun and the light uh, to be able to live by, the natural the the, the creatures, the, phys- the the animals, and the fish could not possibly exist. So thanks be to God for this wonderful gift of light. do you know when you wake up in the morning and the sun's shining? Thank God. Light. I can see. Thank God for the, the sunshine that beams down and, and causes the crops to grow and causes the trees to, uh, to, to, to grow. People are a bit worried about global warming but if there was no sun we'd be frozen to death very 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 quickly thanks be to God that he's provided this wonderful blessing of natural light uh, remember every day to, we, we, should, we should give thanks to God for that light that he has given so that's the first thing light in nature Next thing we want to think about is light in revelation. Because what happened was, as I'm sure many of us will know, the first man, Adam, and his wife, sinned. They disobeyed God. They ate a forbidden fruit. And when they did that, their hearts were darkened. They became enemies of God and enemies of one another. And that alienation from God and that darkness spread down to their children and to their children's children and, to, and, 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 and right down through the ages. And this world descended into, into complete and utter moral and spiritual darkness so that by the time you get to um, uh, Genesis chapter 6 you s- you have the record there the Lord saw that the wickedness of man it was great on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually there was just one righteous man Noah and 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 his family and, and they were They were saved and the the whole of mankind was wiped out. But that didn't solve the problem. Because man was still corrupt. And and God said, even after the flood, that, that he would not wipe out people from the earth, even though, even though, They were still uh, corrupt, even though there was still this wickedness on the earth. And that darkness continued, and people slipped into gross darkness of, 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 of idolatry, witchcraft, occultism, people were violent dishonest unfaithful thick thick darkness was over the whole earth and then god spoke to a man his name was abraham and god said that he was going to enter into relationship with abraham and that he would be his god and that abraham would have descendants and that through his descendants all the nations of the earth would be blessed and this great nation multiplied and and Abraham's children they, they had relationship with God and uh, 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 his descendants had relationship with God and then they they went they went to Egypt and they became a great nation in Egypt but they became enslaved and then God brought them miraculously out of Egypt and in the desert, in Sinai, God revealed himself to them. He gave them his law. He told them how to worship him. He, he told them how to not worship idols. He told them how, to, how they should live, to, to live moral and upright lives. And so now, light started to come into the world. And there was a certain degree of of, of, of light that people had. Those who believed, there was only a small number of the Israelites who actually really had true faith, but those who believed knew the light of God. Um, We read earlier, Psalm 27, David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He also said in Psalm 36, verse 9, with you is the fountain of light, of life. In your light, we see light. The psalmist writes in Psalm 119, verse 105: "Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." And so there was this light that started at dawn, but only a very small people, small number of people, really believed that light. Most, even amongst the Israelites, continued in the darkness and turned away from the knowledge of God and consulted mediums and spiritists. But God promised that even though this, the, the people, His the, His people, had turned away from Him, He would send light to them. Now, one place where He did this was. In Isaiah, you might want to just turn with me to Isaiah chapter 8. This is a passage, of course, which we read often at Christmas time, and quite likely so. And uh, if we pick up from verse 19, we see the darkness to which the people of God, Israel, had fallen, even though they'd had the revelation of God. They turned aside to to mediums and spiritists. So, page 680. And when they say to you, inquire of mediums and necromancers, who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching, to the testimony. If they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. They will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upwards. They will look upon the earth, but behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish. And they will be thrust into thick darkness. So here's this people who've turned away from God. They've turned away from, from uh, the revelation that God has given. They've turned away from the light that God has given. They've turned aside to, to occult sources of spiritual spiritual understanding. And the result is that they've become utterly miserable, enraged, distressed, hungry, cursing. They're in darkness and gloom and Anguish. But then God promises verse. Chapter 9 verse 1. Of Isaiah. But there will be. No gloom. For her who was in darkness. In the former time he brought. Into contempt the land of Zebulun. And the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he's made glorious. The way of the sea. The land beyond the Jordan. Galilee of the nations verse 2 the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them the light has shone and as the gospels of course point out this is a prophecy of Jesus because where did Jesus do most of his ministry in the land of Galilee of the Gentiles and it goes on to say verse 6 of chapter 9 for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on, upon his shoulders and he will shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end On the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the seal of the lord of hosts will do this light will dawn with this this son who we're given this king and of course this is jesus who came into the world Now, John also speaks about this in John, in the prologue of of his gospel, the beginning of his gospel. Perhaps you might look like look at this as well. John chapter 1. And uh, we'll read from verse 1, page 1053. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world. And he later on spoke of himself as the light of the world. And this Jesus... This is the eternal son of God the word of God who became flesh he said he who has seen me has seen the father look you can see the light you can see the truth about God in me you can see God's character you can see you can, you can see what God is like as you see the way that I behave and Jesus also rescued God's law from the way that it was misinterpreted by the by the Jews of his time in the sermon on the mount he gave the correct interpretation of that law He wasn't bringing new laws he was just giving bringing it back to the proper interpretation of that law as the, and, and then also he died on the cross he was f- for people's sins he was raised from the dead he ascended to heaven and from heaven he poured out the holy spirit and now the gospel of salvation from the, from the power of sin. The gospel of being saved from the darkness of Satan has launched out on this world. And millions upon millions upon millions of people have been brought out of the kingdom of Satan, out of darkness, into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this kingdom of light, this 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 this. This uh, uh, spread of the light of God is going on and on and on and on. Of the increase, as we said in Isaiah, saw in Isaiah, the increase of His kingdom and of peace. There will be no end. This light of God is spreading throughout the world, and uh, you know it started in the Middle East. It spread over to Europe, then it spread from Europe over to America, then in the last century or so, it's spread to Africa and to China. It's starting now to spread amongst many Iranians. Uh, and, and we've yet to see the, the mass conversion of the Jews that the Bible talks about, the conversion of, 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 of the Arabs. We've yet to see, but we have every reason to believe and to hope that this light of God is, that is already spread far and wide will yet Go to many more people. Many more people will be brought out of darkness into the light. And even those who do not believe Christ and know Him as their own Savior are affected by the behavior of Bible believing Christians. Because Bible believing Christians are hardworking, honest, faithful. They treat women with dignity and respect. They care for the poor. They show generosity and kindness. And this has had an effect upon the whole of society. Where have human rights come? Where's the whole idea of human rights come from? It's come from the Bible. It's come from Christianity. If it wasn't for the spread of Christianity, human rights would would, would be unthought of. Who who ever thought of human rights 2,000 years ago when Jesus was on earth? Nobody. It's a completely alien idea. You know, if you're a despot, you've just got the right to kill whoever you want to kill. You, you don't like the look of somebody, you just kill them. Rights? What do you mean they've got rights? No rights. It's only as Christianity has spread that, that any idea of dignity, rule of law, decency, has, 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 has come into our world. So, thanks be to God for the, the light of christ the light of the revelation of god in christ what effect should this have upon us well first of all if you don't yet know christ as your own savior come to him come into the light if you don't know jesus as your savior you are in the kingdom of satan at the moment you're in the kingdom of darkness Ask him to rescue you from the kingdom of darkness and to bring you into the light. And if you are a Christian, thank God for Jesus, the light of the world. And pray for the extension of the kingdom of God. Pray that this light will spread and do all you can to help the light to spread. Well, I'd like to move on to think about how not only has God brought world light to this natural world, not only has God brought spiritual and moral light to this world through, through the revelation of Himself, first of all to Israel and then through Christ, but God has also shone the light of the truth into each one of those who believe. Individually. And this is something which is taught by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You might like to turn there with me now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, page 1147. Pick up from verse 1. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we've renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or tamper with God's word. But by open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's, everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now what this passage tells us is that not only is the world in darkness but every single human being in his or her natural state is in darkness from the time that he or she is born naturally speaking we just don't understand about god we don't understand the gospel somebody could explain the gospel in the most simple terms and in the most appealing terms and it would be nonsense to us. It would be like water off a duck's back. We'd just take no notice. We wouldn't be interested. We wouldn't want to. It would mean nothing to us. And the reason for that is because in our natural state, as he says there, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to stop them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The light is there. The revelation has come. God has sent his son into this world, the light is shining. We've got blinkers on in our natural state. We cannot see it. We're blind to it. It's as if the it's as if we it's as if the light wasn't there. But the tremendous thing is that for those of us in whom God has worked by his spirit, he has Given us that revelation, he has opened up our eyes to see what we would not otherwise see. And it's very interesting how the how the Apostle Paul refers back to Genesis chapter one, back to this very verse, verse six. For God who said, "Let light shine out of darkness." Has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God has enabled us to see that truth. Just as God said, Let there be light. On that first day of creation, so God said to you and to me, if you belong to Christ, he said over you, let there be light. And that light shone in our hearts. Are you, do you belong to Christ? Has, has that happened to you? If so, be grateful to God. And give him all the glory because it's not because of your great intelligence or your great insight that you, have, that you believe today. It's because God graciously enabled you to see the truth about Jesus. And having seen that truth, you are now, according to scripture, light in the Lord yourself. Uh, paul the apostle says in ephesians 5 that he says you are now light in the lord walk as children of light having seen the light we are now light ourselves and we must live that in the light john also talks about how how if we claim to have fellowship with god we must walk in the light as he is in the light we must be open and honest and truthful One with each other and with God. So uh, thanks be to God for that work. And has that happened to you? Or are you still in darkness? Well, if so, if you are still in darkness, ask God. Say to God, please open up my eyes. Help me to see the truth about Jesus. Now finally, I would like to just say this. That in the new age... We will live forever in the light of God. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 22. Page 1,234, right at the end of the Bible. John says, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the light, sorry, is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And also chapter 22, verse 5. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. This God who said at the beginning of creation, let there be light, now is dwelling among men. And they are living forever in His light. No darkness anymore. His his presence is there with them. But notice this is only for the believers. What did Jesus say would happen to those who are not believers? Matthew 25 verse 30. He says that on that day when he comes. He will say cast the worthless servant Into the outer darkness. In that place. There will be weeping. And gnashing of teeth. And so there's going to be a separation. Between light and darkness. Those who belong to Christ. Will dwell in his light forever. Those who do not belong to Christ. Will be cast out. Into the outer darkness. So if you belong to Christ, rejoice. The day day is dawning. The new day. The day of everlasting day. Living in the light of God forever. No more darkness. No more sin. No more wickedness. No more corruption. All the controversies that we're going through at our present time, they'll all be over. We'll be saying to each other, do you remember the days when They were saying these nutty things about about self-identification, your own gender. It's all gone. Because the light of God is shining perfectly. But you need to make sure you're among God's people. You need to make sure that you really do belong to Christ. That you can enjoy this new day that's coming. Well... Uh, I hope that's helpful for us. I'd like us to sing now our final hymn, uh, which is um, number 158, God, whose almighty word chaos and darkness number 158.